Well, hello, hello. It is good to see you again, and welcome back to the OKR Cohort video and podcast series. I'm your host, Ryan Ruff. It's great to be back with you here today, and as always, I have really our stars of the show in Denise Canfield and Nazar Koja, the co-founders of OKR Cohort Institute, jumping aboard with me, and we're going to be tackling another massive challenge today that's facing so many organizations out there. We're going to be talking through, A, what the challenge is, and then B, of course, how OKR Cohort works with organizations to cut right through the challenge so that they can come out better for it on the back end. And boy, do we have a good one to dive into today. But before we get into the weeds of it all, let's go ahead and bring out our stars, Denise and Nazar. Denise, it's good to see you this morning. How are you doing? Great to see you, Ryan. Doing really well and so excited for the conversation today. And Nazar, how are you doing this morning, sir? I'm doing well as well, Ryan. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to jumping into today's conversation. It's a big one, uh, to say the least. And it's one that is just so relatable on so many levels for all of us out there. Denise, why don't you frame it up for us? What are we talking about today? Well, you know, we're talking about talking about things, Ryan, right? We're, we're talking about having conversations and really about communication and and poor communication and how that really hurts organizations um, generally day to day when they go through change, like when you have poor communication, plain and simple, you're hurting your organization. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. And Denise, let's, so let's, let's start unpacking this. Let's get into the why a little bit. Why would you say this is such a challenge? I know we might be opening up a can of worms here, but why is this a challenge? It is a can of worms. Like if you're in any relationships, right, personal or professional communication in many cases is at the heart of any problems you have, right? And that's true in an organization. Um, With employees, what we notice is when things are happening so fast and communication breaks down, um, the right communications tend to get lost in that shuffle, right? And so people just start doing things and they may or may not be aligned to what the organization expected. And that ends up with you know, people getting a trickle down of information or not seeing the full picture. Um, And so that impacts the work they're doing, right? Sometimes it's the right work, sometimes it's the wrong work, and many times they don't know one way or the other. Um, And I think what communication can do is connect the dots for employees, right? Um, And when it's bad, it doesn't connect those dots. And so they're, they're making up stories in their heads or they're connected to past objectives and and get resistant to change because they like what they're working on and they don't want to change. And so they end up working on the wrong things or duplicating effort. Um, and they're unable to, you know, pivot. If you ever saw the Friends uh, 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 episode where they were trying to move that couch and Ross is yelling, pivot, pivot, right? People can't pivot because the communication is not happening and they don't know which way to turn. And so they just keep doing what they've always done. And, and, you know, it's not just employees impacted here, but Nazar, maybe share a little bit about why it's a challenge for leaders. Thanks, Denise. The challenge for poor communication, communication from the leadership perspective is that they may think that they are communicating what they want to achieve, but not getting the results they expect. They feel their message is being lost in uh, in translation and work is not aligned to the strategy and that causes leaders to feel frustrated. And from the customer's perspective, and when we're looking at the customer, they don't know what is coming and when they will get. And customer would feel confused as well. Oh yeah, communication across the board, no doubt, Nazar. And and I wanna look deeper into these three groups, the employees, the leaders, and then of course your customers, 
But let's look at the ripple effect, right? This this is a snowball, if you will, of an issue, poor communication. Uh, Denise, talk to us about employees. What's the ripple effect and how does poor communication uh, ultimately really make an impact in their life? Yeah, I mean, it's huge, right? You, you think about this, poor communication leads to broken relationships, right? And when an employee's relationship with their organization is broken, it's typically also broken with their leader. And... Um, and it, at the heart of that is communications. And so what we see is that those employees are disengaged. Uh, they leave. They um, maybe don't work as hard as we would hope they would work. They become frustrated and their quality goes down and their efficiency goes down. So even if they stay, even if the, the biggest ripple effect is that they leave, even when they stay, there are huge negative impacts because they're not not. Um, feeling fulfilled and not getting what they need from the organization. And that can then have a ripple effect on their personal relationships, right? Because now they're, we know as people when what we're doing isn't adding value. And so suddenly they're starting to become paranoid. They, they become anxious about their work and that can come into their personal and family relationships because when you're, you're not happy at work or eight hours of your day, it's really hard to flip a switch and change that when you get home. And so they're complaining and all that negative energy is in their life. And so their health can decrease, right? As those stresses come in and they're, they're very unhappy and, and it comes down to that poor communication. So if the right guidance isn't there for those employees, they do what they have to, to keep busy, but no value is being provided. So the organization is losing huge value, either through the attrition of employees, the disengagement or generally the wrong work being created. Um, and Nazar, maybe, you know, what's what's that ripple effect to leaders and customers? Absolutely. Uh, when leaders feel like their message is not being received, it can cause them to play the blame, blame game and leading to a, like similar to employ, the vicious cycle of disengagement, iteration, and broken relationship. When leaders are frustrated with the poor communication, they started to micromanage their employees and taking away their autonomy and creativity. And when employees don't receive the right guidance and they may just do work to keep themselves busy, but there is no value being provided, this leads to complete disengagement and lack of motivation. And for customers, the impact of poor communication can be devastating. Right? They may receive a wrong product or services, causing frustration and disappointment. And when the wrong products are delivered, it can lead to broken relationship with the organization. And we did, did dig deeper into those uh, points in our video eight, which is talks about deliver the value that customer crave. And we provided some guidance there. Yeah, certainly, Nazar. I mean, value isn't there for customers if communication isn't there. Uh, they go hand in hand. Uh, but I want to flip the script. Let's look at that glass half full approach. Uh, how could life be so much better for an organization if we're not if poor communication is out the window and it's nothing but streamlined, efficient, and effective communication, top down communication to customers, the whole nine yards. Denise, or rather, Nazar, what does that look like? Yeah, let's start with the customer. Let's take the opposite side. For customers, solving the communication challenge can lead to a better life for customers, leaders, and employees as well. Uh, customers can receive the right products that are delivered on time. 
and leading to a better experience with their organizational partner. And the organizational partner can surprise the customer by delivering something that they didn't even realize they needed. Like Henry, like an example for Henry Ford family said, right? If I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horse, right? And end of the end of the day, they understand. The court suggests that that they are they are like there was a disconnect between what customer were asking for and what they actually needed. So that this highlights the importance of truly understanding customer needs and desire rather than just relying on their words. The success of the Ford Model T, which is the most famous uh, model in Ford, shows the power of innovation and taking care of different approach for problem solving and communication with customer can provide it valuable insights, but it's also important to challenge assumptions and think outside of box to drive real change and growth. We, we we did talk about in video eight as well, so delivering the right things with the provide right value. Um, and it's, it's very important for you guys to go through those. For a leaders, solving communication challenge can mean they can focus more on the business rather than being in the business. They can have less micromanagement, freeing up time to focus on strategic thinking and for their area of ownership. This allows them to focus on the future rather than just putting out presence fires and it can pos it can position on the organization as a market leader. Denise, would you like to elaborate on employees' perspective? Oh, absolutely, Nazar. And I think the employees, when their leaders are staying out of their business, of course, the employees are much, much happier, right? They're, they're able to do their work and figure out how and the best way to move it forward. So they really feel connected to their organization and understand how their work is purposeful, right? And communication has a big impact on that because it helps them to shift, and, and they have this active role in where they are going rather than feeling like something is being done to them when they're surprised because communication has been poor. So they're engaged in the whole process. They are then empowered to do their job and provide meaningful value both to the organization and customers. So that engagement feels better, not just for the employees, but for the organization, as well as when they're home, the, the weight of their work is not dragging them down, it's lifting them up so then they can engage in those personal relationships even better um, when they get home from work. So it has an amazing positive in impact across the board for employees, leaders, and customers, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a bright picture, no doubt. I think anybody listening, watching is uh, excited about that idea, frankly, for their own organization. So before we get into, you know, our, our, our piece of value, our lesson on how, you know, great communication can be achieved for an organization, I think it's important. Let's bring our audience up to speed, you know, for those that might not be as familiar with this series or the work that you guys specifically do with OKR Cohort and other organizations. Tell us a little bit about yourselves and, and how it is that you work hand in hand with organizations to improve things like communication and other tasks. Awesome, Ryan. Um, I think I, I would summarize it by saying that leaders hire us to, to help solve this problem, right? To help them with their communications and to shift the focus of their organization from activities to outcomes so that that purpose is embedded in how they work across employees, leaders, and customers. 
And, and the key here is that with OKRs and communicating on outcomes, we really help organizations get everyone focused on the right things at the right time. Uh, so the bottom line is we help get the right shit done, which is really important for organizations that want to be successful. Nazar, uh, we know that at the heart of that is this thing we call OKRs. So maybe share a little bit about the, um, the, the OKRs and what that is. Definitely, Denise. Um, OKR, which stands for Objectives and Key Results, is a framework for setting and tracking organizational goals and objectives. The OKR process ensures that everyone is aligned and working towards the same goals, which helps to prevent that frustration and disengagement caused by the poor, poor communication. And Denise and Nazar, so, so appreciate you walking us through that. Um, we've got poor communication as the massive issue that we're, you know, we're tackling today. And obviously, poor communication finds its way into so many organizations in so many places across our world. Uh, but it's fixable, right? And that's such an important thing to know. Talk to us. What is the a piece of lesson, uh, you know, a, a piece of value, really, on how you and your team typically work with organizations to improve that communication, which has a positive ripple effect, right? Once communications improve, boy, can that lend itself to a numerous amount of positive outcomes throughout an organization? What's the what's the piece of value that you have for us today that you can share? Yeah, Ryan. I, I'm excited about this because I think we're going to give people a, a peek into a high-level view of our playbook and really how communications are woven in through every step of the OKR process. And to be perfectly obvious before we jump into pieces of that playbook, I think the most important thing is to solve this problem. You need great OKRs that are aligned throughout the organization. So we usually show this slide with the five steps and, and that creation of OKRs to start with and that alignment is really critical for providing the transparency you need for clear communications. And having those commu communications aligned throughout the time period you're working on those OKRs. And when you have everybody working towards the same outcome, um, they're on the same page and they know when something shifts. And so as we go through the playbook, um, we'll really talk about how having OKRs stick is by embedding them in how you work and the communications that you have throughout your operating rhythm. So it's really important that you start by creating great OKRs and that you have leaders who are aligned on how to do that. So some education and some elements there. But what we wanna focus on today is, is a high level view of our playbook. And we'll walk through um, the various steps of this playbook so that we can share with you not just what the step is, but how communication fits. And so Nazar and I will bounce back and forth through this um, as we go. And, and it's all about operationalizing and embedding your OKRs. The, the superpower in OKRs it is, is that they do not, you're not supposed to set and forget them. Now, truly every framework will say, don't set and forget them. But when you operationalize your OKRs, they are embedded in your work. And that's because they are your most important priorities. So great OKR planning is where those OKRs are defined and shared with leaders and the organization for alignment and transparency. So when you do that, you build them and you do both vertical and horizontal alignment, which we've talked about in other videos, so that 
The whole organization is involved in the process. You have buy-in. It's not just something you're telling them once you've done it. It's literally something they help create so they really understand it. And that happens at every level um, if you've got that full adoption throughout your organization. So that's critical, creating great OKRs in the OKR planning uh, process. The next thing is really about checking in on those OKRs. And we'll touch on this uh, throughout the different cycles that we go through, but having an intentional check-in to evaluate the progress towards your OKRs really helps make sure that you haven't unintentionally set and forget, forgot them. Um, and, and what's important in that check-in is to take a minute if something has changed like significantly changed and you have to do a pivot like COVID, um, then you update it and you make that shift. So you never change an OKR to move the goalpost, but you will change OKRs when you get significant new information that tells you you were headed in the wrong direction. So of course you need to make a shift. And, and check-ins happen in different ways, but Nazar, maybe share a little bit about how um, check-ins help with communication. Yeah, exactly. Uh, definitely, Denise, on that side. When you talk about that OKR check-in, right? So when we are having those sessions, usually you're not only considering looking at the OKRs and where the moving pieces are, but how the work is being contributed to achieve those OKRs to move the needle. So how we started usually in checking that like reflection on the OKRs and what we deliver is really made made impact to the key results that that uh, for the OKRs perspective, but also looking at forward for the next quarter. Usually OKR check-ins usually we looking at a uh, recommend to have it on quarterly basis that would be helpful. So next quarter work that we can do to make a more impact there, um, and that's what makes. OKR check-ins more lively in, in, in our conversations and connecting outcome to output. Ah, Denise, how about staff meeting? Yeah, staff meetings, right? Um, that place where people are multitasking 90% um, of the time until they hear their name, right? Uh, staff meetings are different when you have OKRs, right? You leverage those not to get an update, not to have someone review a PowerPoint, but literally you leverage them to get guidance on making sure we're on track with the OKRs, to get help when something is off track, to get guidance if something has changed. So um, that happens when perhaps new work has come in and you need to figure out whether to prioritize it into your OKRs or literally say no. But most important in staff meetings, instead of getting an update, you're literally digging into the orange and the red to find out what blockers can be removed. So how can you solve problems in your staff meetings instead of having people just talk at you? That's so critical and such a shift in, in what we see with staff meetings. So it requires some new work working ways of working um, where you're doing maybe pre-reads so you don't have to spend that time flipping through the PowerPoint and, and really good agenda setting to make sure people know what the problem is in advance so that we're not blaming people, but we're truly trying to solve the problem in staff meeting to help your organization be more effective. 
Um, and of course, one-on-ones are a critical element. And, and we do believe that in one-on-ones, you should be doing relationship development. And you should also be um, doing some work conversations, right? Which can be development for your job. So in your one-on-ones, we think you should leverage OKRs to to get that leader um, insight and coaching or mentoring on how to help move OKRs forward, uh, both through relationships with others in the organization, so that horizontal alignment piece, as well as brainstorming um, any blockers before you take it to a staff meeting, right? I always like to say staff meetings, you should never be surprising someone. You should have tried to resolve these things through your one-on-one and personal conversations that by the time you get to a staff meeting and you still have a blocker, we're really trying to unpack a big problem. So that can start in your one-on-ones. And, uh, and I know, Nazar, you, you see this showing up in team huddles. Maybe share a little bit how that's different when you have a group instead of just in a one-on-one. Absolutely, Denise, on that side. Um, when you talk about a team hurdles, usually we recommend to have those uh, hurdles at least a weekly or bi-weekly basis. Depends on the how the work is progressing to achieve those OKRs. The goal of the team hurdles are mostly how are we going to help each other on moving a, moving a letter or moving a pieces what we are committed for? the work perspective, and also looking at the blockers and how can we remove the blockers to achieve those uh, goals and OKRs that we created for those. And they are the two key components for those. And then what helps you need it from the leaders to sub, uh, and their support in, in, uh, to, to move, move forward with any of the things that, that is not being progressing at this moment. Denise, you want to talk about the town halls and show and tells? Yes, because I think, you know, sometimes as leaders, right, when when we're talking about it in our one-on-ones, when we're talking about it in our staff meetings, when we're we're doing all this great communication within our teams, um, we're still relying on that trickle-down communication effect and making sure that our leaders are sharing the story appropriately. And town halls are really where Um, we make sure everybody's hearing the same story and everybody's getting the same information, or at least we're creating an opportunity for people to be curious and ask questions in case they haven't heard that story. So making sure in town halls that um, we're sharing, first of all, in the beginning, what our OKRs are to everybody, Um, make sure we're sharing the progress as we go quarter over quarter and celebrating uh, those wins that we've had. Um, or sometimes even sharing the learnings that we've had. So we're not always going to win on OKRs. They're aspirational. And so we do expect to not hit them all at 100%. So it's important to acknowledge that uh, even in your town halls, because that reinforces the message and the culture that it's okay to try and fail and learn. And so when you share those things at your town halls, um, it re- reinforces our commitment to leveraging OKRs in the way that they're intended, um, to making that shift to outcomes, and keeping everyone on the same page. Um, and so it is really important to incorporate this in your town halls. And Azar, maybe you could share a little bit about how that shows up in show and tells, or even may- maybe what a show and tell is, because that may not be terminology everybody's familiar with, and then share a little bit about delivery syncs. 
Yes, defi uh, definitely, Denise, on that side. That show and tells, usually it's uh, showcasing what has been done and demo it from the, from the getting a feedback from your peers, basically. So the, how we achieve those is like, it's more of an output focus, but it's also aligned to, is it connects very well with the outcome that we try to achieve. So when the teams go in and sharing their information, uh, sharing their output of the, or deliverables, they get feedback from your, uh, from the peers. And they also, con uh, they also have conversation how it's going to impact to our, our key results that we also committed during the quarterly basis, OKR check-in. On the hint side, Delivery Sync allows you to looking at deeper dive. If there is any changes are happened or, or in a, uh, happened during the period of quarterly basis or timeline, and how do we pivot? Like Denise mentioned the word pivot, in the early part, how we can pivot to support our OKRs or outcomes. And it's very important for us to understand that the delivery of work needs to be connected very closely and the impact will be understood in uh, understood from the key results perspective. When you're delivering something, how impactful it is from the outcome perspective. Denise, you want to talk about the retrospective? I do, Nazara. I want to talk about the retrospective. I also just want to double click for a minute on show and tell, because one thing I've seen be really successful, you know, as we talked about this, we talked about employees, leaders, and customers. And I, I recognize we haven't done a lot with customers here. Um, and so it's great in show and tells when you can actually pull the customer in and get feedback from them and vetting your key results with your customers to make sure you're getting the voice of your customer um, into your whole work cycle. So I think, you know, show and tells are so fun in the agile process, but, but you don't have to be working in an agile way to do those, right? It's just, how do we make sure in the process and the creative process, we're connecting with people to show them where we're at and getting that feedback. And I think feedback's the key to a retrospective, right? You don't just keep going and going and going. You need to be intentional about stopping uh, towards the end or at the end of your time period and looking at what you did, not just the progress on the OKRs, did we do it, did we not do it, but taking a minute to say what was a win for the OKR as well as for your process of achieving the OKR and what were the learnings, right? Even when we win, we usually learn something. So, so we have those learnings um, and where we missed, we should definitely unpack that and figure out why. Why did we miss and how can we do better next time? So in that retrospecting, re retrospective, you're looking at what we did well, what we maybe didn't do so well, and most importantly, what are the shifts we're going to make, right? What are we going to um, stop doing? What are we going to start doing? And what are we going to continue doing uh, to get even more effective as we go through this cycle in the next uh, time frame. So I think that constant iteration is critical to the growth mindset and continuous improvement. Uh, and so that is something we stress when working with leaders that you've got to do the retrospective. 
Um, and that also helps you with communication, right? Because now you clearly understand where you won, where you didn't, that can follow into your town hall and into your next steps and into your next cycle. So it's critical to do that retrospective and, um, and to do it regularly, right? I think I've seen where uh, at times people think, oh, we did that last quarter, we don't need to do it. Nope, you need to do it every quarter so that you continue to learn and adjust. And Azar, I think, you know, um, uh, leading from the front is really important on this and having good OKRs and communicating and maybe share a few thoughts about, you know, how leadership shows up through this process. This is a great top uh, point that you brought it up. Leaders need to uh, for a lead from the front. As a leader, you need to take time to regularly review what the goals are how close individuals or teams are aligned to organization OKRs and whether those goals need to be changed is the vital step in making sure you arrive at the end of the year or whatever cycle goals you are measuring by. But with everyone in agreement, but how successful in a period it has been. So it's very important for you as a leader to be a front runner and making sure that teams are aligned, their work, to the right OKRs or a strategy that's the team uh, that, that they're supposed to be focused on. Denise, would you like to elaborate a little bit more on, on communication side of it? What other types of communication that you think of that we can make awareness? Yeah, and, and I think absolutely, Nazara, thank you for the opportunity to just to kind of double click on this and make sure we've connected the dots for you, right? We, we, we gave you images and steps and the way OKRs cycle into your operating rhythm, right? Which to us is communication, right? By embedding them and using them and talking about them throughout this, this whole timeframe, uh, communication is happening um, in all those steps. But a lot of it is verbal. There's some visual in town halls, et cetera. So you need to supplement that by ensuring that OKRs are embedded in written communications. So whether that's internal or external newsletters, um, you know, that information going to customers to keep them updated on what's coming, um, the information going to your employees on, you know, your check-in. So if you do a check-in, but you're not going to have a town hall for two months, maybe in your newsletter, you got to let people know where you're at for that month. Um, if you're not using newsletters, most people have intranets now, right? So having a space on your intranet, an OKR corner or some other way to making sure people can, can hear progress and update regularly. Of course, if you've got a tool, that's fantastic. It's, it's fully transparent. People can go in and look at progress to begin with, but still putting together the story of that progress and putting out blogs on your intranet um, is, is really important so that it's not just a number, it's literally helping them understand the impact of achieving that number and how people have um, learned from that. Uh, and, and we did talk so much about how it's embedded in personal and team conversations. So that's, that's, that's truly the heart of good communications and good relationships. And it is incumbent on people then as they get touched with this communication, whether it's verbal, written, newsletters, blogs, however they're receiving it, right? It's incumbent on people then to be aware and to use their voice. So you start to see 
culture change, right? We're not putting this out there just to tell you something. We're putting it out there so everybody knows and can feel empowered to say, wait a minute, that doesn't really line up here. So when people come from a silo and try to change things, or when you get requests that don't feel aligned, now everybody's empowered to like say, hold on, can we talk about this and get clear understanding when we're making shifts? So that's that's the final piece I would really try to teach here is that, you know, OKRs aren't set and forget and OKRs should change when you have significant change. So they shouldn't be a tool to tell people no, they should be a tool to encourage cultural curiosity and get people talking so that when something does change, you can evaluate your OKRs and make any necessary changes and then communicate them, right? Which gets everybody on track for any shifts you're making. And look, you don't change OKRs because you're not going to hit them, right? You're not moving the goalpost. Hey, we said we'd get, you know, 100,000 customers and we're only going to get 80,000, so we should change our OKR. No, that's not what you do. What you do do is say, hey, how do we get that last 20,000? Do we need to change a supporting KR to help us go after a new market or a new segment or a new group of customers? Do we have to shift our products so we can go up or down market to big or small clients? So those supporting KRs can change, but not just change the number. That's not effective because then you start to lose integrity in your OKRs. So I think, you know, this has been a massive lesson, Ryan. So I know there's there's so much to unpack here, but but this is what we were hoping to share is that communications when done well can really help organizations embed outcomes and value in how they work and keep everybody connected as you evolve and transition through your organization strategy. Yeah, I mean, at the top of the show, we said it was a big topic, you know, big challenge. So it's going to take a lot to fix it, really. And and I think there's a lot of value in sharing how this, you know, positive communication can a be achieved, and then what it's capable of doing when you're able to get your organization, its leaders, its employees, and then obviously its customers, all on board with this idea of great communication. For any organizational folks out there listening, watching the today's episode, and they're they're hearing all this value, they're recognizing the need for it in their own organization. How could somebody out there take some of the lessons that we you know shared with them today and then begin incorporating them in their own organization to start seeing the needle move forward and and really promote better communication across the board? Yeah, I think. Ryan, it, it's it's a great question. We can help, right? That's the short answer. Um, and and we're so aware that poor communication has an avalanche of impacts and can literally bring companies down. And so we've walked through those lessons. Um, we've talked about the negative side effect of poor communication. And, and I think that exists in most organizations. But if your particular organization is is feeling that, then what we'd love to do is literally sit down and have a conversation. That's how we work because um, we believe communication is at the heart of being successful as a service provider to organizations. And so we'll we'll have a conversation, communication, and, and learn about your needs. And that's really how we like to start out. We know you can take this lesson and start trying things right away. And we encourage you to do that. Um, and 
we've got a playbook that can help you get there. So we'd love for you to, you know, click on the link down below and just grab some time with us or reach out uh, so that we can start that conversation. Fantastic. Well, hey, and before, as we're kind of bringing our conversation to a head here today, I think it's always helpful anytime we dive into these big challenges and how you work with organizations to solve them. It's always helpful to share an example or a story of how, you know, a, a group and organization has utilized that lesson that we share and, and how it went on to, to improve and address the challenge of the day. So with that being said, any stories, any examples of, of how you guys at OKR cohort were able to work through some communication challenges with organizations and have them come out better on the other side? Yeah, Ryan, I think I love this example. Like I challenge people, imagine if you could improve your communication and in six months, six months, increase from 51% of your people understanding how their role fits in the strategy to 72%. That is such a huge leap, right? Um, first of all, 51% wasn't bad to start with, right? But to have 72% of your people saying, I understand how my work contributes to the company strategy, imagine how aligned that organization is. And so Nazar and I worked with the leading hotel of the world, uh, LHW, to implement the OKR framework. And the reason I really love this story is it's in a way that people who use OKR say, oh, you should never do that, right? So LHW wanted to use OKRs for performance management, which in our industry, many will say, oh, you shouldn't do that. But we love to meet customers where they're at. And so LHW came to us because they're like, look, we're going to use OKRs in performance management. Can OKR cohort help us figure out how to do that well? And we said, yes, yes, we can, right? Because a framework is a framework. It should serve you. You shouldn't serve the framework. So um, we started by helping them have a really clear company level set of OKRs communicated across the organization, not just to employees, but to the board, getting everybody aligned at that company level and doing a leadership workshop to help get really clear on what OKRs meant for LHW. So what are the guardrails we're going to use as we use OKRs for performance management? And so that alignment was critical. Um, we worked with them then with each leader to help create their team level OKRs uh, with their leaders and co-create those. And then we helped them plan how to take OKRs to the individual level so they could see how their work contributes. And so literally they, they went away from, you know, our leadership workshop and leadership planning and implemented that at every single level in their organization. So we helped them introduce the ceremonies that would support the conversations around achieving their OKRs at every level. And, um, and literally had OKRs embedded in this organization of 300 plus people. And in six months, they were able to not just connect the comp to the company strategy, but improve their empl employee uh, ENPS and improve the, the perception of performance management. So they had an ENPS uh, on a negative ENPS on performance management before they started. And by the time they were done, it was a positive ENPS. And so it, it's a true success story, not just on, on how OKRs can help, but how embedding OKRs throughout 
and using them in your in your communications. So they leveraged them in town halls, they leveraged them in creating OKRs, they leveraged them in creating performance management goals, they incorporated quarterly check-ins on performance management goals and OKRs. So they literally embedded this in their, their, their whole operating model and got their employees engaged at a much, much higher level and connecting their work to their purpose. Really, really a cool example there. I mean, 51% to 72%, what a leap and, and the positive ripple effect throughout the, throughout the entire organization. Uh, it was probably felt at every corner. That's love that example. Thank you for sharing Denise. And, and before we wrap up one final time, you know, for anybody out there, uh, that's, you know, they, they're hearing that story about the leading hotel, you know, of of the world and they're interested in, in maybe experiencing a similar situation themselves going through revamping their communications, implementing OKRs, the whole nine yards, what would be the best way they can get in touch with you again? Yeah, um, we have the link below. So just click on the link and grab some time or, you know, reach out on LinkedIn, reach out through our website. There's so many ways to connect with us. But the the first step is to grab some time, because regardless of the size of your organization, um, you, you may be experiencing communication challenges. And we'd love to help you solve that and share with you how OKRs could could really solve your problem. But first, we've got to understand your specific problem and and where things are breaking down. So it does start with a, a, a conversation and, and this can help you regardless of whether you have a 10 person company, a 300 person company or a 10,000 person company. So let us, let us just start with a conversation. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Denise. Thank you, Nazar. I appreciate you, you both carving time out of your calendars. I know you've got busy, you know, busy days ahead, a lot of clients to serve. So we'll let you get back to doing that, but uh, appreciate you being here and, and looking forward to tackling another organizational challenge here down the road. Thanks so much, Ryan. Great catching up with you today. Thank you, Ryan. Great connecting. Alrighty. And hey, look, folks, we want to say one final thank you to the audience for jumping aboard and being with us on the conversation today. If you took anything away from today's conversation surrounding poor communication, you learned a thing or two, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whichever platform you check this out on today. That way you never miss out on any future conversations or, hey, even past conversations on the show where we identify these different organizational challenges that just hold so many companies back in today's day and age. So for Denise, for Nazar, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on the OKR Cohort video and podcast series.